Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. I jerked open the front screen door and ran as hard as I could. Author Tony Early is speaking about his childhood in North Carolina. The house was Fenway Park in Boston, the hallway, the first base path. The door swinging shut behind me was a throw whizzing in from short. If the front door slammed first, I was out. If I hit the back door before the front door slammed, I was safe. I hit the back screen running and crossed the porch in a step and jumped off into the yard and kept going. I went for extra bases. Sometimes I slowed up with a single disappointed skip and slapped my hands on my thighs and turned toward the dugout. I was out. Sometimes I clapped my hands once and reached out to accept the congratulatory handshake of an imaginary teammate. Early scores, he's having a heck of a year. In my mind's eye, I was always on television. I interviewed myself in the woodshed where no one could see me from the house. I took off my cap and wiped my brow with the back of my arm. I spoke into a piece of kindling. Thanks, I felt good today. I'm just glad I could help the team. I love that Tony Early's home was just one big prop for his imagination. So much memory, inseparable from place. For some of us, though, that house called home was just plain crazy and worse. You couldn't wait to get out. A big platform tent at summer camp was my true home. I remember so clearly the smell of damp canvas drying in the sun, the smooth wood of the center pole and the rough rope ties that held open the rolled up door, the sound of our cots creaking as we rolled over in the dark, peeper loud night. Homesick campers baffled me. I was ecstatic. After I returned to the address I wrote in the upper left-hand corner of countless letters to camp friends, I sat in my bedroom staring into space, finally understanding what homesick meant. We called it campsick, those friends and I. Summer camp was our refuge and salvation. Home is place. Home is people. Home is the land. I am driving across the country for the first time. Three of us are moving a friend to the west coast. The highway is long and quiet. The center of my compass is in Boston, but my sense of home enlarges as the vastness of the sky and the land begin to imprint on my heart. The brother of the friend we are moving lives in a Christian utopia in rural Illinois. It's important to her that we stop to spend the night with him. 
We are skeptical, but he is her only sibling. Their parents are dead. After a long day's drive, we tumble off the bench seat of the U-Haul. She introduces us, but my friend's brother does not offer his hand. I can see the pain in her eyes as he watches him sizing us up. We are welcome for the night, he says, but only one night. We do not fall within the guidelines of this utopia. His sons escape from their room and come running in their footed pajamas, shouting their aunt's name and leap into her open arms. She gives them presents, red socks, baseball caps, and make way for ducklings. They want her to read to them right now, and they sit down on the floor right there. Their mother does not emerge until dinner time. We sit down to eat together. For my friend's sake, I try very hard to be a bridge. I talk about what I am studying in divinity school, thinking that we share an interest in religion. They are dismissive. They do not hide their disdain. The room falls silent and feels very small. Jesus wouldn't like this. I stand to clear the table. My friends follow me. We huddle and decide to get back on the road rather than remain here with the enemy. We resolve to leave without making a scene of goodbyes. We clean the kitchen and repack the U-Haul. My friend hugs and kisses the boys off to bed. Her face is shining with tears. We slip out and I start the engine. Without looking back, we drive into the night, then stop and make camp on the edge of a pond. Kentucky farmer and poet Wendell Berry writes, when despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water. And I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. My friend is unmoored. How is it that there is no home for her with her only living relations? For a long time, I reach to redeem this stop along the way. I want to remember something other than the ways religion has broken this family, the ways these children will be encouraged to forget their aunt's name. I pin my hope on a small piece of paper I noticed taped to their refrigerator with a single word printed on it in capital letters. Impossibly, it is my favorite word, devotion. I say, let this word serve to bind you to these people, to keep the faith until you find some place to meet. 13th century Persian poet and Sufi mystic Rumi said, out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. 
I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make any sense. Ten years later, my friend answers a knock at her door. Two runaway teenagers stand on her steps, her nephews. When they come into the kitchen, they find a small piece of paper taped to the refrigerator with a single word printed on it in capital letters. It says, Devotion. They have found their way home. There is no running away from home. There is perhaps running away from a house, but we are always homeward bound. This is from Walking Meditation by Vietnamese Zen teacher Thich Nhat Hanh. Every step we make in awareness helps us get in touch with the wonders of life that are here, available to us right now. As you breathe in, you can take a step and contemplate, I have arrived. I am home. I am home means I've come back to my true home, which is the present moment. You have arrived at your true home and the wonder of life that are there for you. You can say, I have arrived. I am home in the here, in the now. In the here, in the now, is the address of life. It's a place we come back to, our true home. Each step brings us back to life. This, then, is how we keep faith with the deepest meanings of being at home. We come to understand that home is place and people and land, and home is the whole world. Scholar of religion William Cantwell Smith said, faith at its best has taken the form of a quiet confidence and joy that enable one to feel at home in the universe. In 1969, Rusty Schweikert flew the Apollo 9 mission and made the first spacewalk without an umbilical. Afterwards, he said, you catch the first glimpse of the Earth from space, and it's a beautiful sight. You pull out a world map and play tour guide. Hey, in 10 minutes, we're going to be over the Mediterranean again. You might want to look out. So you look forward to that, and you go around the world, around and around and around. You wake up over the Middle East, and you eat breakfast. There's Greece and Rome and North Africa and the Sinai. And you go out over the Indian Ocean and look up. India pointed down toward you as you go past it, and there's Ceylon off to the side. Then Burma, Southeast Asia, out over the Philippines and up across the monstrous Pacific Ocean. And you finally come up across the coast of California, and you look for friendly things, Los Angeles and Phoenix and El Paso. And there's Houston. There's home. And sure enough, there's the Astrodome. 
and on across New Orleans, and there's the whole peninsula of Florida, and you go out across the Atlantic Ocean and back across Africa, and you do it again and again and again. Every hour and a half, you go around the Earth. In 10 days, you go around the world 151 times. In 151 sunrises and sunsets, you can't imagine how many borders and boundaries you cross, but from where you see it, the thing is a whole, and it's so beautiful. You begin to recognize that your identity is with that whole thing. And when you come back to Earth, there's a difference in that relationship between you and this planet. It's so precious. Beloved spiritual companions, home is place, home is people, home is the land, home is refuge and salvation. I am home means I've come back to my true home, which is the present moment. A small piece of paper taped to the refrigerator says devotion. May we feel at home in the universe and know that home is the whole earth. Know that we are always homeward. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.